Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. The championship, man. So much to discuss as unbeaten runs are upheld, big wins are claimed, up and down the league. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, of course, we'll also be looking at Blue's trip up north to Middlesbrough and analysing just what has changed in Blue's setup to have brought about this change in form. But before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. My name is Alex and I'm joined by my always eager co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you today? Two wins from two. You must be feeling good. Good morning, Alex. I'm, I am feeling good. I am. Uh, we'll get into why later in the show, but... Um... But yeah, plenty to talk about, so let's go on with it. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss, so we're going to get into it all after this. So let's get straight back into it then. Um, we've had a week off from recording. Uh, a lot has happened since then in, in the world of football and specifically in the championship. Um, let's get straight into it. Friday night, QPR hosted Nottingham Forest uh, and it was Jack Colback that scored his first league goal since March 2019 uh, as Nottingham Forest salvaged a point in a dramatic finish against QPR at the Keenan Prince Foundation Stadium. Uh, Rangers were poised for victory following Scotland international Lyndon Dyke's header at the end of a first half in which they lost Sam McCallum and Geordie Device to injury. Uh, Dykes could have made it a hat-trick after the break, but Bryce Samba closed down the space to deny him one-on-one, and Jed Spence produced a brilliant tackle as the striker prepared to shoot. And Forrest were rewarded for their tenacity when QPR failed to clear with time running out and Colback's fierce left-foot effort found the net with the help of a deflection off Jimmy Dunn. Now, I didn't watch the game on Friday night, CJ. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I've been made aware that you uh, were quite a keen viewer on, uh, on the evening. What, what did you make of the game? You're muted at the moment, mate. That was planned. <laughs> a good that start to the show. It's a good start. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's early in the morning for me. <laughs> um, so I would say that you said in that in in that uh, little roundup that Forrest mm. salvaged a point, and while that does look like the case, mm. it was certainly a deserved point, if not three, certainly deserving at least one. For Lyndon Dykes, Steve Clark was in the stands, the Scotland national team manager. So getting that goal, certainly doing him a favour in the national setup. Uh, and there's no other Scottish player on the pitch. So mm. seems like an odd game to choose really to go to. And yeah. uh, <laughs> being at Lyndon Dykes is kind of, kind of, you know, he's almost always in the Scotland team and definitely in the squad. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked already. So... From the from the first whistle, it was Nottingham Forest who took the game by the scruff of the neck and QPR were on the back foot. They just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. For QPR, there was they it was there was an issue with injuries in the first half being forced into two substitutions, meaning they only had the one really to be tactical. Sam uh, Sam McCallum and uh, and Jordy DeWeiss both going off injured in the first half, which isn't easy for any team. Losing one player is hard enough, but they also lose two subs as well to make tactical tweaks. And against a team who are on the up like Nottingham Forest, where you're going to need to refresh and rethink the way you're playing, maybe the game would have been differently if they had them subs available. Uh, Albert Adoma on the day, despite being for QPR, and obviously I'm talking up Q, uh, not in a forest, but QPR for me, Albert Adoma was their player of the game on that right-hand side, defensively getting back many times, getting back and, and being being ruthless in the tackle. A lot of the reason that not in a forest didn't get a goal was him really marking out that whole uh, right-hand side for QPR. Uh, but not in a forest's, constant pressure the way they move the ball around the pitch I was really impressed and really Cooper deserves deserves the job off of of, of the back of the way they've been playing recently uh Lyndon Dykes's goal was exactly what you'd expect from someone at Lyndon Dykes it was looped towards the back post I can't remember who by probably Ilias Chair probably would make sense but it, might, it may have even been Albert Adoma to be honest uh I'm not 100% sure on that though um 
and it was just a, a free header at the back post. It was the only bit of defending from Nottingham Forest that looked questionable. It was a lovely, the, for whoever it was, I think it was actually Albert Adoma, thinking about it, because it, it was a really lovely kind of scooped turn to get himself into a bit of space, and he just chipped it towards the back post and and hung it up for uh, for Lyndon Dykes to smash in a header from four yards out, completely unmarked in a box. His Lyndon Dykes' movement in the box to peel off of his man, and it was because of the injuries that half went on for as long as it did. That was in the 50th minute of the first half that that goal went in. So the second half was, as you'd expect, for Nottingham Forest being a goal down, was just constant pressure, and it did pay off in the end. Ball falling to uh, to Jack Colback, who leathered it home via a deflection. If it hadn't taken a deflection, it probably would have been saved by Dieng, but it had, it did, and Forrest leave uh, leave Loftus Road, or sorry, the Key and Prince Foundation Stadium, with uh, with a well-earned point. Yeah, it, it certainly, you are right, actually, to correct me, saying it salvaged a point. I've been looking at the stats and think it, it certainly looks like Forrest deserves something from the game. Um, and you have to say, what a turnaround. They're now on 18 points uh, in 18th place. Uh, this is after all of the games that were played on the Saturday, so that everyone's on the same amount of games played. Um, yeah, the turnaround has been remarkable, considering where they were when Cooper came in. Um, and, you know, to go to a place like the Key and Prince Foundation Stadium and pick up a point uh, and, and to perform at that level... Um, is, is a remarkable, remarkable job there um, and a good result. I have to say, I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm very glad that Blues are back above them after the start that Forrest had. Just because uh, when they, when they went above us a few weeks ago, I remember us being, uh, being pretty bleak about it, shall we say. Concerning, yeah, yeah. That's the championship for you though. It's just. Yeah, it certainly is. And of course, we'll talk about Blues uh, turnaround in, in uh, form. Um, and fortune uh, later in the show. Uh, QPR are down, they dropped down to eighth place, uh, 22 points, um, but they're only two points behind Blackpool. Blackpool have snuck into sixth place, and we'll talk about them in, in a bit because they got a very good uh, result to, uh, on, over the weekend as well. Um, I can't believe that Blackpool have snuck in there, kind of <laughs> under the radar as well, a lot of people. Definitely. I, there won't have been many people that would have tipped them for, for this sort of start to the season. Um, but yes, just to round that up, uh, a very, very credible draw for Nottingham Forest. And they're starting to look like a force and, and they, they're, they're only going to go in one direction uh, up the league, we would imagine uh, now. Um, moving on then to what looked to me on paper like the biggest game of the weekend, uh, Fulham hosting West Bromwich Albion, two teams that we both thought were going to be in those top two slots or at least, you know, part of that conversation. Um and in the end, it was Fulham that came out on top. It was uh, Alexander Mitrovic's hat-trick uh, that sealed a 3-0 win for second-place Fulham over third-place West Bromwich Albion uh, in the Championship. Mitrovic's early penalty put the hosts ahead. Uh, the have, you seen, have you seen that penalty incident? Uh, I, I saw it yesterday, yeah. yeah. Very contentious. I, 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 I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I agree. Um, Yes, but just to finish off my quick report to give. Oh, sorry, some... I, sorry, that's, I, uh, that's absolutely fine, mate. Um, so yes, it was the early penalty that put the hosts ahead. Uh, the Serbian striker was controversially judged to have been fouled uh, after what seemed like a well-timed tackle from Kyle Bartley. Uh, Mitrovic gratefully scored his side's second shortly before half-time as he slid home from Robert Snodgrass's weak back pass. Uh, the Baggies had Darnell Furlong sent off with 20 minutes to go before Mitrovic wrapped up the win with a close range effort eight minutes from full time. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the incident then, because it looked to me like it was a perfectly good tackle. Um, it's it's one of those where West Brom had sort of been in the game. I mean, they, 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 they'd done OK up to that point. Um, and then obviously there was the penalty incident and then the snodgrasses, the, the poor back pass. Um, it, it, putting yourself on putting goals on a plate really for the opposition and opposition exactly and against, against Fulham you can't do that yeah. yeah you know Fulham Fulham have it easy enough in this league as it is when especially a team like West Brom where they are a direct rival you'd think in terms of where they want to finish yeah that's really poor and from our perspective that's funny I'm quite happy that West Brom did that um, but from a footballing perspective that is not a good that's not a good sign. No. You can't be giving up. First of all, the penalty was unfortunate. 
the officials kind of gifted them a first goal. Obviously, when so one thing I hate, right, is when you watch a football game, most people tend to sign with the with the commentators. They don't form their own opinion. Yeah. And 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 the commentators went that I, I don't know who the commentator was, but he said that that was not a penalty, that was you know, that was a really well timed tackle and whatever. Yeah. You can see why I can see why a penalty was given. It is just very harsh. Because when you come through someone's legs like that, yeah. the you, you run the risk of of touching them in any way, either in the back, catching one of their legs. It looked like he'd got he toe poked the ball away. But when when you're going through someone's legs, especially in that position, the ref is behind you, so the ref can't see the action. So you're kind of you're forcing the ref into making a decision. And when you're a defender, at least I was always taught when I. When I was and I'm, when I was a kid, n- never ever ever give the referee a decision to make, because if you do, it could be given against you. Yeah. Never don't you. So d- don't get me wrong. There'll be times where you have to make a challenge. You have to make a, and that's fine. That's part of the job. But you need to limit that to as little as possible. And it went against West Brom. I can see why penalty was given, but it was it, it, it's a it's a harsh penalty. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's you know putting your your leg through the attacker's legs to scoop the ball away. He he got the ball. Um, he you know the the theory of it I think is fine, but it is the it's in practice, isn't it? In full flow, where the referee can't see fully what's going on. He, all he sees. Yeah, the, is... the the theory is fine. You know that you you think I get the ball. I win, I win the tackle, you know. I yeah. was playing football yesterday at the same time as this game. All right. I was um I was in goal. So my um, there was a few there was a few times, even you know, even at that level, it's not a great level, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And um the some of the tackles being made, the ref, you know, even though we get even though you're getting the ball, the ref is gonna give a ref gives a foul to yeah. the players going down and whatever. There's no you can't I know even though the championship's a more physical league forcing the rest into decisions is very risky now. You know, yeah. you can't just say, I got the ball. It has to be clean or it has to be perfectly timed. And sometimes I do feel it's a little bit inconsistent because there's tackles where the, the man is completely caught, you know, and it seems like that's a stonewall foul and it just isn't given. And, you know, if it was consistent, if it was consistently given or consistently not given, it would make sense. It'd be fine, but it's, it's not. And that's where the struggle kind of comes into play. Anyway, that's my ranting about. No, so no I, I, I completely, I agree with you, you know, coming, coming sort of from behind or almost side on the, the attacker and, and sitting and Mitrovic is, you know, he likes a bit of physicality. That's part of his game, but he's also a canny operator and any opportunity to, you know, to, to go down, if he feels the contact, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And, and when the game is in full flow, as you say, and the referees isn't, isn't in a great position is, is sort of seeing it from behind. It's you're absolutely right. It gives him a decision to make. And as a defender, you, these days, you just can't, you can't get yourself into those positions. Um, but just, I mean, we've got to move on because uh, there's plenty more to talk about and more yeah, games for us to, to analyze, but it's, it was a fantastic win for Fulham though. In the end, you know, it moves them into second place, four points above West Brom in third. So they've got that little bit of a buffer now, a little bit of a cushion, a fantastic win for them. And, and of course, you can talk about the, how fortuitous the win was, but you've got to take them in football. There'll be games where it goes against them. There'll be games where you have to take it. And 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 they they look like they're really sort of picking up now. West Brom, on the other hand, I'm slightly concerned about. They're, they're dropping to third. Um, their last five games, they've lost three in the league. They lost to Stoke, lost to Swansea, and have now lost to Fulham. Um and you can argue that Birmingham game that they beat, the way they beat us, you know, we we were in that game. It was just that one moment. So th- there's a question mark now, I think, over West Brom. They, I think they find themselves a little bit of a crossroads. It is tight. The, the chasing pack aren't far off behind them. They need to find a bit of form again, don't they? And a bit of, I'm not going to say the word, but they need to find... They nearly, nearly, <laughs> you, you so nearly did. Nearly. They need to find that consistency, don't they, again? Yeah, they do. And they need to... What they what they really need to do, I feel, is they need to find an identity. Because against Blues, they didn't play. Maybe that's credit to us. Uh, they didn't play the way anyone would 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 have been expecting them to. They didn't try and dominate the ball. They didn't try and uh, play on the counter attack. It was a bit. They got lucky. They kind of had that one, that one opportunity that that one bit of quality that, that they took. 
mm. um, which we've covered. We've covered plenty yeah. now. And and against Fulham, they didn't seem to have any identity. They they need to choose choose something and yeah. stick with it. Yeah. I feel you know. Choose, are we going to be a possession team? Are we going to hold onto the ball and just wear teams down? Are we going to be a high pressing team? Are we going to be a counter attacking team? You know. Yeah. Are we going to be Man City, Liverpool, or Man United? That's what they need to choose. And so far, they've just been a bit Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they have. I, I, I like Burnley. I just want to point that out. But yeah. <laughs> that's not good enough for West Brom. No, no, especially at this level. Um, moving on then, Stoke City hosted Cardiff in a thriller, I think it's uh, safe to say. Uh, Cardiff City began life after Mick McCarthy by fighting back from 3-0 down to draw in a remarkable game against Stoke City. Uh, the Bluebirds ended their club record run of eight straight defeats as caretaker boss Steve Morrison took a point in his first game in charge. Uh, Cardiff scored three times in six minutes. I thought they were going to get absolutely battered. Uh, the goal scorers um, were Ruben Carwell, Mark Harris and Kiefer Moore. Um, <laughs> Jacob Brown and Stephen Fletcher's double had earlier put Stoke in charge. This was remarkable. Uh, 3-0 down, rudderless, managerless. I, was, I thought it was only going to go in one direction. You know, a few goals um, in, in the second half again for, for the Potters and it would be a handsome 5-0 win or something like that. And Because Cardiff have been that bad. They'd lost, was it eight games or something before this? Let me just check. So they'd lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think it was nine. Eight games. Was it eight? No, it was eight. They'd lost eight games on the trot before this. And they go to a Stoke side that have shown already this season they've got a lot of quality. They're struggling a bit for form at the moment, Stoke admittedly. In their last five, uh, including the Cup, they've lost four and uh, obviously they, they drew this one. Um, so there's there were question marks there, but this is a team that were rock bottom uh, in terms of confidence uh, in, in Cardiff. So to come back and get this result, it, this could be a real turning point, a real platform for them. Yeah, I was just looking at the, uh, at the squad and under manager... On Google, anyway, there's no name. Like, so that no one was in charge for this match. According to Google, I just I'll show up on the camera where where it says manager. There's just nothing. It's just blank. Nice. Um, I have it on so, authority that Steve Morrison was in the dugout uh, as caretaker. So Steve Morrison. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll 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 shoot an email to Google after we were. <laughs> this is not good enough. Is, I I expect better standards. Well, you're you're on iPhone, aren't you? They they don't, you know. If if you're an Android, if you're an Android user, you might have a bit more. uh, They might be, you might get nice results. They'll give you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're starting a big. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into starting a big debate here. Let's not get into that (laughs) because everyone knows that iPhone's better anyway. Ending that conversation there. Um, Yeah, Cardiff. It's a strange one. I'd like to talk more about Stoke. Yeah. Um, Cardiff City for me. Yeah, three 0 down. uh, As you said, managerless and kind of hopeless. Uh, they fought back, which is a phenomenal result away from home um, against the Stokes team that, while they're slightly out of form, started the season very well and have shown that they have, my apologies, and have shown that they have quality. But from a Stoke perspective, that is an awful, awful result. Mm. You're thinking... You know, just after half, because especially if they went in at halftime three 0 down and just three uh, 0 up and just didn't come out the second half, that's fine. But they came out the second half and got a goal very quick. You're thinking, oh, that they they're carrying the first half into the yeah. second half and they're going to keep going. How how can there be such a like credit to Cardiff for for forcing it, I suppose? But that is really poor for the Potters, and this is two big points potentially dropped in terms of in terms of going in in terms of the chasing pack because they are part of that chasing pack as we were just talking about that is two massive points dropped for them yeah that they're not that that, that they're not going to get an opportunity like that again i don't i can't see them in any other game you know realistically going in at half time two three new up mm. you know mm-hmm. i just can't see it not in the way they're playing anymore mm. Mm. Yeah, it is a concern. They, they, uh, well, they remain in ninth place, but uh, yeah, they've lost ground. Uh, tw- Twenty-two points for Stoke, um, two points off uh, sixth place. Um, yeah, a, a real concern for them. And, and on the flip side of that, as I say, uh, what could be a real 
turn a turnaround in fortunes for Cardiff. They they finally have got a point uh, in a game. <laughs> uh, moved yeah. them on to twelve oh. points um, in twenty first position, three points above Hull. Um, it could be vital that 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 result it, re- it, it, it could really give them some come, real confidence. Come the end of the season, you know, if they if they do, you know, if they stay up narrowly, because it it does look as though they're going to be in a relegation battle. That point could be huge. Mm, yep, definitely, definitely. Anyway, can and we quickly just... talking talking of relegation very yeah. quickly? Yeah. A team who we all thought were going to get relegated. Can we talk about Blackpool quickly? Mm. Because uh, what yes, is going I, on? I had a nice segue actually, because that's who Stoke are playing next. They travel on Wednesday against Blackpool. Well, that'll be a, that'll be a mega game. That will be quite interesting, I think. I wonder if that if that's on, well, or at least if, Blackpool. Are. If that's on TV and it doesn't clash with Blues, I might have to give that give that a watch. I'm not sure. Is it on TV? But um, well, yeah. probably it'll be on the red button for Sky because that's, that's what they do in the midweek. Well. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. care about the Champions League. No, it, it it is. You're correct. It is. It's on the red button. Um, what when a blues playing? We're on, on Tuesday, Tuesday against Tuesday. Bristol. Yeah. Oh, that, well, that's my Tuesday and Wednesday sorted, isn't it? Lovely, jubbly. Uh, yeah, a massive result for Blackpool. Uh, do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, go on. I'll take the lead. So Blackpool uh, travelled to Bramall Lane, and they took all three points. Let's put it. That's my match report. Uh, <laughs> I like so it. it was. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I've been thinking about it all day. So uh, yeah, Blackpool. Who? Let's so I'm, I I don't do match reports. That's my that is genuinely going to be my match report. Um, Anderson scored a uh, a relatively late second half uh, second half winner for uh, for the for the Tangerines. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, Tangerines. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to do a football nicknames quiz at some point. We're gonna we you know, genuinely we will because my my, my knowledge is. <laughs> I'm, I'm is, not very good. I'm not very good at them either. Though there's some that I remember, but oh my God, knowledge is pretty remember. poor. We'll have to we'll we'll have to get uh, one of our one of our good friends to make the quiz for us, and yeah, we'll take half and half each or something maybe. Um, anyway, so Sheffield United very very quickly going to touch on them. I feel I fear for them that they're now going to be stuck in mid-table mediocrity for for at least this one season. They've they dragged themselves out of that, oh, are we going to do a Wolves or a Pompey and do back-to-back relegations? Um, they've probably avoided that now. Um, but they just, they look like a team that they, they're going to, they're not going to push on and, and get top six. Maybe they will, but I can't see it. Uh, as for Blackpool, getting promoted this season, uh, getting promoted last season into this season, mm-hmm. they have been a force and they've snuck into the playoff places. They've gone above QPR. They've gone above, uh, I, I believe they've gone above, above Blackburn. And mm, they have, they have. It's, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. They're, they're level on points with the exact same record as Huddersfield Town. And uh, only Huddersfield are only above them on goal difference. Blackpool have got a goal difference of zero. Huddersfield with a goal difference of plus two. And they're only three points behind Coventry in fourth. It's 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 crazy. They've adapted so well, haven't they? And, and that's three wins on the bounce uh, after beating Reading, Preston and now Sheffield United. And let's just say Reading is not an easy win. No. no we'll talk no, no. about Reading. I assume we'll talk about Reading next. Um mm. But uh, it, I can't, I can't fathom it. It's, it doesn't make sense. The squad that they've got, the injuries that they've got early in the season, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense in my head how they're doing so well. And do you know what? I'm really enjoying it. Mm, mm. Long may it continue. I would absolutely love them to, you know. I, I said at the start of the season that I kind of uh, like, we like to pick out another team to to kind of support and follow, and I chose Stoke. Because Stoke had, had a really good start to the season, and yeah. uh, but uh, I mean Blackpool are one that I'm really going to keep a keen eye on. Um, Definitely, I, yeah. From a non from a non biased point of view, yeah. But when we play him next month, I'm going to hope we absolutely yeah, I, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but from a non biased point of view, I, I would I would love to see Blackpool in the promotion playoffs. That would be great. Can I see start. it happening? I don't know, but but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? The way they're going, it's it's unbelievable. And 15 games in is where you really. I feel is where you really start to look at the table and think this is 
where teams are going to be in and around. Yeah. You know, barring any kind of crazy drop off or crazy surge, mm. this is where they're going to be. So, you know, they're five points above us. Mm. That is, that's a bit depressing. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I mean, well, well done, Blackpool. If there yeah. are any Blackpool fans that do watch or listen to us, um, well done. We're, 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 yeah. We are behind you. A remarkable start to the season for them. Um, yeah, and long may it continue. It's, it's refreshing to see a team doing so well. A team that isn't, isn't packed to the rafters with quality, but a team that has a real togetherness, a real game plan. And a lot of the time that's more important, isn't it? Very, very true. And I think that's probably one of the things I'll say about Birmingham, actually. Uh, and it, I think we've got a, a comparably... Uh, we've probably got, you could argue, a little bit more quality in our squad than Blackpool, but we haven't... I think we've got a bit more quality. We haven't had that same level of togetherness, but I think we're starting to, to get that back now. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit more depth in the next section of the we show. Will. Um, we will. Quick note on Sheffield United. I thought they were going to turn it around. They, they had a bit of a, a spike in results. And I thought, OK, they're, they're going to be picking up now and they're going to launch up the table. It's not happened. It's not happened. And I think you're right. They are. They look like they're going to be stuck uh, in stuck the lower in the echelons, just... maybe mid-table. But um, yeah. It's... They might, they, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe every now and again they kind of threaten to... To push on, but I, I just, if it hasn't happened by now, you know, T with with the no, didn't say it. I started it, but the, I didn't say it. That was close. That was that close. was that is the closest. That is so close. Uh, with the, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what word to use. I'm so, not going to help you. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. This is going to be. Uh, this is going to be a really weird bit for anyone who hasn't listened before. Mm. Um, no, but with 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 the results of some teams at the moment, the quality that some teams have got, uh, I, I I just feel that that Sheffield United by now it would have it would have happened by now. Mm. That that's what I'll say. Yeah, you'd imagine they're probably pinning their hopes on on having a, a crazy run over the Christmas period, and that might spark their season into life. But that's such a difficult period for teams. You it can't is really it's, it's, you know, you, with injuries. You can't judge it. Games, no, you, it's, it's it's always a vital period, but you can't really pin your hopes on on. On that period to, to you know to get lots of points because it's a very difficult time for for managing the squad and the fixtures uh moving on then yes you you mentioned reading um they were beaten 2-0 by bournemouth who are looking incredible they are very very impressive it was championship leaders bournemouth that extended their unbeaten start to 15 matches with a hard fought win at reading they haven't lost a league game yet this season uh the cherries went ahead at the end of an even first half, when Gary Cahill headed a far post corner back across the box to Dominic Solanke, whose downward header bounced past three Reading players on the goal line. <laughs> second half uh, second half in, uh, substitute, I can't talk properly. It was Jamal Lowe that doubled the lead just three minutes after coming on, cutting into the box and placing a low shot across goalkeeper Luke Southwood and into the far corner of the net. Uh, it was Scott Dan. Uh, that went closest with the Royals, forcing Cherry's goalkeeper Mark Travers into a full stretch save in stoppage time with a flicked header. How impressive are are the Cherries at the moment? I, I thought they oh, would be part of the conversation so for automatics, but they are walking the league at the moment. They're, yeah, no, they they are. They are they're finding it too easy at the moment. And um, I mean, some of the quality that they've got, we've mentioned quality a lot. I feel like that should maybe be the title of this episode, Alex. Um, I'll have a think. Being that we like to, we like to, we like to name the episode after a word that we that we overuse for that day. <laughs> we like to overuse words. We're very, uh, we're very simple people. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> with your English literature degree. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to keep it simple, man. That's you no know, simplicity is key. Um, I want to very quickly just talk about Jamal Lowe. Yes, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a tangent. He is a journeyman. I feel like every season he plays for someone different. Mm. Why is that? Like, because he was at Portsmouth. I know. I only know he was at Portsmouth because I remember a few years ago he was a great little signing when you're doing a lower league career mode. Uh, why am I not surprised? It's <laughs> career mode. That's where all of my knowledge comes from. That's why I know everything about flags. <clears throat> anyway, um, he was at Swansea. I think it was Portsmouth, then he was at Wigan for a season. Wigan, yeah, he was at Wigan, then Swansea, and now he's at... One season, or was it two seasons at Portsmouth, and then it was one at Swansea, and now he's at Bournemouth. (laughs) It's mad. I mean, next season, if we're going on that trajectory, next season he'll be at Leicester, 
Yep. And then the season after that, it'll be at Man City. And the season after that, it'll be at PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad career trajectory. Anyway, back to the game. Um, Gary Cahill got man of the match. That's weird. Mm. Of course, he got an assist, didn't he? I suppose. And a clean sheet. Can't really. Yeah, argue that level of experience. It. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's How old is he now? Like 39? He's got to be 38, 39. He's got to be pushing it. That level of experience. Do you know what? No. He's only 35. Gary Cahill, he feels a lot older than that. He feels, he feels like he's 40. Jeez. I, I mean, he's still got some years in the tank then, really. He certainly has. I reckon, you know, get promoted to the Premier League. He'll, he'll still do it in the Premier League. I wouldn't be surprised with, with Bournemouth. And it certainly looks as though the Cherries will be in the big leagues once again. Mm. I think going to the Majeski Machais- the this season hasn't been too easy. You saw QPR struggle there and uh, Reading fight back uh, against them. Uh, I think Puskas had a good game up top before being uh, before being hooked off mm-hmm. uh, for for Clark. Is it Jahmari uh, Clark? Mm-hmm. Uh, 18-year-old kid. Don't know too much about the kid. Um, anyway, Solanke's goal. I, st- I don't really rate Solanke, I've got to be honest. While I love this Bournemouth side, I, 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 I'm not a big Solanke fan. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's... I don't think he's... If... if say if because it's it's it still suppose it still could not happen but if Bournemouth get promoted that's that is the one area I feel that they need to improve yeah. and if they just and if they just improved strike that's what that number nine position I feel they've got the squad there to stay up already mm. they, I don't think they need that massive amount of investment yeah I don't know how many players maybe that they have in on loan they could maybe look to turn, but I don't think it's that many. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think the then midfield three, right? Philip Billing, Jefferson Lerma. They played um Kilkenny, but I think that is is normally normally Ben Pearson in there. Um, I think that's as good a midfield three as you find anywhere in the bottom ten of the of the Premier League. Mm. I really do. Um I think that and and they've showed it. I mean, Philip Billing is I, I mention it every time we talk about Bournemouth, is just He's just an absolute machine in the middle of the park. He's a, and it, what more could you want from him, right? He's the the championship Yaya Toure is six foot six. He can score. He can defend. He can dribble. He can pass. He's got an art. He's got really good vision. He's a good leader as well. He's got every. He's got everything. Yeah. He's very physically fit. He, he'll go for the full ninety every game, week in, week out, midweek. What more could you ask for? And that's the reason that they will win this league, players like him. Mm. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's also worth mentioning that, you know, they're missing players like Adam Smith, uh, Junior Stanislas. We know David Junior Brooks. Junior Stanislas, I forgot about Junior Stanislas. David Brooks as well, who's, um, you know... Of course, yeah. ...cancer diagnosis recently. I don't know if he'll, yeah. if he'll, if he'll get back to the field yeah. uh, anytime soon. But it's it's remarkable they've they've found a way to keep going, and it just goes to show how much quality they've got. To use the word again, um, in in depth as well um, that they've managed to, to to sort of keep. I suppose w- winning the championship this season as well for David Brooks would be, you know, while there'll be a, I'm sure there'll be plenty of very cynical fans going, oh, they're you know sympathy card for Bournemouth and all that stuff, and I, I understand that because at the end of the day, football's still football. Yeah, but you know, if Bournemouth do win it. The story will be lovely, you know. the The David Brooks story will, it will be um, mm. it, it will be quite touching. Shall we? Shall, shall we? Shall we move right along? Yes, yes. I was going to. I think next we should talk about one of our other favourite players in the championship, which is uh, Ben Brereton Diaz. Oh, we love him. Uh, <laughs> it was his first half double that gave Blackburn a deserved win at Pride Park and ended Derby's five match unbeaten run. Uh, John Buckley's teasing cross found Brereton Diaz at the far post and his shot was half saved by Rams goalkeeper Kelly Rouge before it crept over the line. Uh, Tyrius Dolan then played in the Chile International Striker, which is a crazy thing to say, whose calm finish beat Roos and capped a flowing move. Derby improved after the break and Curtis Davis hooked to finish into the top corner later on, but the Rovers held out. So let's wax lyrical about Bre- Ben Brereton Diaz a little bit more, shall we? How many uh, goals is that? Have we not done it enough already? On now? <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, he was, on, he was on nine, so I think that might be his wow. 11th. Wow, wow, wow. But I don't That's... know for sure. That's mad. 
Um, um, I'm going to give it. Let me give it on a 12. Quick... 12 goals. He's on 12. It's such a shame that Mitrovic is in this league because Mitrovic is on 18 goals. That's it's... just that's uh, there, there should be there should be two right. There should be one for the top for that for like the for like the top six. Oh no, actually one for like the top for the top two or top three. Yeah, and then one for the rest of the league because uh, it's not fair. No, not fair, no it, isn't. it isn't. Mitrovic at this level is, you know, is ridiculous. But Brereton Diaz having a, an incredible season. Um, uh, and it's, you start to feel a little bit for Derby. I know we've mentioned we've... we've, we've you do feel for Derby. They deserve... Because you look at the stats again, and I suppose mm. when you when you go behind so early, you do expect to have a lot of the ball and to be providing the pressure. But um, you feel they maybe deserve something from the game, 64% possession. And, but at the same time, Blackburn didn't seem to have too many problems until right towards the end. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell from a couple of match reports that I've kind of skimmed over. Mm. And it takes Blackburn back up to uh, up to seventh yeah. as they uh, as they move above QPR, Stoke and Luton, mm. I believe. Or maybe yeah. even above Middlesbrough. I think yeah. they actually slipped quite far. Yeah, they've 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 it's a it's a big three points in a sense because those teams that have all lost um Luton, Middlesbrough, Millwall, QPR with their draw, Stoke yeah, with their draw. It um it's it's a worrying one for Derby um because their next well the next two games are massive now. They 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 travel to Barnsley. Oh, that is a huge game. They could really do with a win there. And then they travel to Millwall. And Millwall have, have picked up in recent weeks, but they had a wobble this weekend. There's two big big games there. Because after that, Derby played Bournemouth and Fulham. So they really need the two next two games for Derby are huge. They need to get, I would say, at least four points uh, from those two games. Do they travel to Oakwell or is it at Pride Park? Yeah, they are They are away at Barnsley. That, that, is, that is their biggest game of the season so far. Mm. Without a shadow. Because if they win that, I believe they'll go above them. Uh, they they will, would. They've got a better goal difference, yeah. So they would move. They would move off off the foot of the table, mm. and um, and that's meant, meant like if you think about it, right? Cardiff and Peterborough is it's not that far away. No. When you think these are the teams that a lot of teams are going to look at and, and kind of, you know, wipe the floor with. Oh, so you, there's still that little bit inside of me, and I know it's inside of you as well. <laughs> That, uh, that that just feels Derby have got have got a fighting chance because that squad. As we mentioned earlier about togetherness, mm. that is what will get them through this. If yeah. this squad, if they want it, it can happen. They just need to be together. They need to keep fighting, and uh, they need oh, they need James Corden to be in the in the dressing room, get, getting them fired up like he did the England team. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what they need. Yeah, and Joe, he done it for the England team. Wayne Rooney was in there. I'm sure they're still close. He's only a phone call away. He is. There we go. That Derby. This is how you solve your problems, right? Give James Corden a phone call. Get Smithy in your dressing room, (laughs) assistant manager style. He'll do it for the banter. He'll do it for a pack of Christmas and jammy Dodgers. (laughs) Done. Cheapest chips. You stay up. (laughs) Sage advice from the Royal Blue Podcast. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Very sensible podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway back to uh, yeah we're going to move on because we've uh, we're going to go over time for this section we are I I know that I am in a rush I'm not going to lie yes so uh, Bristol City finally got a a win at home they beat Barnsley 2-1 and of course Bristol City are Blues next opponents so we'll talk about that in a a little bit more detail I'm not worried about it Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird time for Bristol City. They're a bit unquantifiable, a bit inconsistent. Um, they are. They didn't look great against Barnsley either, mm. um, which is which is worrying. In that Barnsley, Barnsley must have the worst record in the league now, comfortably in terms of losses and what have you. I, I'd imagine. Well, now that Cardiff have got that draw, Barnsley's record is isn't probably isn't isn't far off being the worst that we've seen. Yeah, um, it's it's a. Yeah, it's, it was an important win. I think Barnsley, let's just have a quick look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven that Barnsley have lost on the bounce now. That's another reason why Derby will be looking at it and, and fancying it a little bit. You I think know? so. I think uh, so. They're in a bit of a they're yeah. in a bit of a rut, Barnsley. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the kind of rut that sees you get relegated. Mm. Um it was a it was a late it was a late first half double from Wyman that uh, that overturned a one-nil lead for Barnsley and gave all three points 
to the Robins. Mm. Um, I've not really got too much to say on the game, really. No, we will talk a little bit more about Bristol uh, when we preview. When we preview it, yeah. Moving swiftly on then. Swansea beat Peterborough 3-0. Um, it was a dominant first-half display as they eased past Peterborough 3-0 uh, at the Swansea.com Stadium, which I did not know it was it was called now. I told you that ages ago. Oh, did you? I've forgotten, sorry. Swansea went 2-0 up. It's within still the liberty minutes. in my heart. <laughs> Swansea, um, yeah, they took the lead with Joel Pirro uh, on the 13th minute. Uh, no, sorry, that sorry, that was uh, yeah. Bidwell scored first on the second minute, and then it was Pirro on the 13th. So it was a they they ra- went mad for it. They they took a very early lead. Uh, to had to the- respond. They had to respond after yeah. that awful performance. Yeah, against the mighty Birmingham City, it was absolutely dreadful and uh birmingham could have won that game six seven nil really um but uh so they needed to respond (laughs) really god have i already had have i already had a couple of beers today i can't remember no i am no i'm going over the top as i always do but they did need to respond after after the result against blues because they would have looked up the birmingham game and thought that is a winnable game so they, so their fans would have demanded a fast start, and boy, did they get it! And uh, Russell Martin, I like Russell Martin. I'll be honest; I think he's one of my favourite managers in the Championship. Not only because he dresses very well, but I think you know, responding like that because they would have seen they're playing Peterborough. They probably thought that is the perfect game for us to to respond to. So, yeah, fair play to them. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's an important win when you look at the the matches they've got coming up. They've got Coventry, Bournemouth, Blackpool. These are teams that are in form and are, and are flying. D- difficult few games for them. So an important three points to get on the board for Swansea. Peterborough, oh dear. It's, <laughs> oh dear. They're in 20th <laughs> place on 14 points. So they're five points clear of Hull uh, in 22nd. But there's just this creeping fear um, for me with Peterborough. they They've, we've seen one or two flashes that they might be able to compete at this level. They, obviously, they slaughterized Blues a few months back now mm-hmm. um, in a big win. And they've shown some promise um, for 80, 85 minutes in games, but then they've let it slip late on. There's just something for me that, that I can't get over. I think Peterborough are just going to get sucked in and it's going to be a tough old season. Um, surely, you know, Cardiff, you'd expect to pick up and uh, at least a little bit. They've got much, much more quality in terms of championship experience and, and, and quality at championship level. Then Peterborough, they'll overtake them. Um, Hull, it's, it's whether Hull, Barnsley and Derby, and I think Derby will do it. It's whether they I think can... it, uh, so, so, so the bottom three now, if we were to, up, obviously, if we were to update our predictions. Yeah. Um, what, so you, I, I'm assuming your bottom three would be the same as mine. It would be Barnsley, Hull and Peterborough. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. In that order, 24th, 23rd, 21st, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Cool. No, this no. Is just, just want to, just want, yeah. That's, that, no, no, I'd probably change them. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Sheffield United gets sucked in. No, they won't. <laughs> but they might do, actually. They're not, they're not actually that far away. Um, not, Sheffield United have the same record as Nottingham Forest. Bearing in mind, Nottingham Forest is start to the season. Well, yeah, exactly. That is shocking. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about either of those teams. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, you feel Peterborough just in the same way we have that kind of gut feeling about Derby in the other sense of it, in this sense of it, we feel that Derby are going to, yeah, we feel that Peterborough are going to get sucked in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that would be my concluding thought on, on uh, their performance this week and, and where things are going for them. Uh, Preston we, got a very, very Preston. good win over Luton, 2 0. Um, is an important three points, really, when you look at where Preston are in the table now. It moves on to 18 points in, in 19th place, but that means they're nine points uh, above the relegation zone, uh, Preston North End. Uh, so an important three points for them. Uh, Luton, subpar performance from them. They dropped to 10th uh, with 21 points. Um, Luton are a weird one. It's like Bristol City, similarly to them. It's just so inconsistent. They, they'll, like... Perform so well mm. one week, and then the next week they'll just be absolutely dog, and it's 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 not sustainable. I've said that many times. You need you need some you need a baseline performance for me, and for Luton Town with the quality that they have in their team, mm. and 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 the season that they had last year to build off of that, their baseline performance should be 
should be a lot better than it has been. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 my thoughts. I completely agree. Um, we're going to move on to Coventry's win, a one nil win at Hull City. It was Matt Godden that headed in his fourth goal of the season uh, as the Sky Blues picked up three points on the road at struggling Hull. Um, what is there anything to add? I mean, it was probably a. I have, I have zero Coventry, thoughts on this game. You'd probably expect Coventry, the form they've been in, to go to Hull and, and absolutely smash them. But you know, a one nil win on the road against anyone, it's it's you know standards. a win, I suppose. Win's yeah, a win yeah. for the Sky Blues. Um, Worrying for Hull, um, they really are struggling now. 22nd place, nine yeah. points. They I don't think the Tigers will be here for much longer. Yeah, yeah. They can't seem to sort of find goals very consistently. They really are struggling. Um, and it's difficult to see a way out for them. Uh, who have they got next? Let's have a quick nose. West Brom. Well, that'll be fun. No. <laughs> West Brom on Wednesday, who will be looking to bounce back. But yeah, I could see an absolute shellacking there. Yeah, I can definitely see a uh, a tough game for them. There's one more game to go in this section. Is there? Hudders, Huddersfield Millia. Oh, yeah. You're right, sorry. I'm losing um, Huddersfield Millia, 1-0 win for, for Huddersfield. A late goal from a man who I've, <laughs> I have it on bad authority uh, from a couple of Blues fans that, we're try- that, that Blues want to sign him. Jonathan Hogg, just so we can link up with Deeney again. He's a Villa fan, isn't he, Jonathan Hogg? I don't care. They want to. They want to. They want to link him up with. De- He's a Villa fan. Apparently, Jonathan Hogg is a Villa fan. I read that. So you're or telling me that he has some affiliation with Aston Villa. I'm- so you're telling me that a Villa fan set up a Birmingham fan to promote Watford. Yep. Against that, against Leicester, really another Midlands team. Stuff, isn't it? It's remarkable stuff. Um. Yeah, it is Jonathan Hogg, isn't it? It's, it's not some. It's not someone else. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's another Hogg. Like, is it like a, a Jeff Hogg or something? I don't it know. might just be saying that John, because there might that rumor might just be circulating because he played for Villa for five years. No, I th- I think that the room. Yeah, maybe. But I think the um the the joke about it is that that Deeney goal against Leicester. Yeah. Uh, just to try and get our own vote, it would never. We're never going to sign him anyway, unless we do, but we won't. Um, <laughs> Huddersfield uh, take the points from a hog late a late goal from Hog against against a good Millwall team. I think that's a good point. That's a good three points for for the Terriers. And uh, I'm not too worried from Millwall. I think that it's the kind of game that you kind of expect to happen every now and again. You're going to concede a late goal here and there. Um, I think that Millwall just they'll keep, they'll keep treading along, and I think Millwall will have a very uh, sound season. I agree. I think uh, Millwall, uh, they recently, yes, it's a bit, a bit of a wobble, but nothing to be too concerned about. They've got that sort of Rowett uh, thing going now where they're, they're very difficult to, to beat and games will be very tight. So there will be the odd one nil loss. But overall, you know, they will pick up lots of points and, and they'll be part of that playoff conversation, I think. Um, Huddersfield Town, it's a great result for them, up to fifth place, 24 points. And they travel to Peterborough on Tuesday, so they'll be looking to to, to build on that and, and get some more goals and hopefully start to build their goal difference a little bit, which is always a useful uh, a useful thing to have. Um, yeah, I think we need to get into the blue section of the show, don't we? Because that's what we uh, that's what we want to get to. So uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, after a short break. See you shortly, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast and it's our favourite part of the show where we get to actually talk about Blues, Birmingham City Football Club. Uh, Birmingham travelled to Middlesbrough yesterday. Um, It's quite a long jaunt actually all the way up to Middlesbrough so fair play to all the fans that went. It looked like a very good turnout um, as is to be expected I suppose. The away support for Blues is always brilliant. Um, It is, it's very hard to get tickets. Yes, yes, a testament to to how dedicated the fans are. Uh, But it was Birmingham City that came away with the win. Birmingham ended Middlesbrough's three-match winning run in the Championship with two goals in three second-half minutes at the Riverside Stadium. Borough bossed a cagey first half and Johnny Housen went closest when his shot was pushed away by Blues goalkeeper Sarkic. But City went ahead soon after the break with their first attempt on target. Mark Roberts heading into an empty net after Borough goalkeeper Joe Lumley charged out but missed Jordan Graham's free kick. And Scott Hogan quickly doubled the lead, running onto a simple ball over the Borough defence before coolly slotting past Lumley to give Blues back-to-back victories. It feels good. It feels great. Doesn't uh, it just? To get two so, wait, so, so, so the Hogan goal, he was one-on-one with the goalkeeper and shot. He did, yeah. He what? Did. 
He didn't dither. He didn't. Uh, he, mess he knows up. how to do that. He does. Do you think that Lee Bowyer saw him do that against Swansea? Do the and just went next time shoot or you're sacked and he and he done it. <laughs> That's the kind that, of manager he needs, mate. Brilliant. And uh, Lee Bowyer, you're my hero. Anyway, uh, let's talk was, about let's yeah, talk so about the game. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, I think the, one of the most important things we need to talk about is the change that we've seen defensively uh, in Birmingham. The switch yes. to a back three uh, of Sanderson, Roberts, and Friend. Um, which gives us obviously a left sided left sided footballer, uh, left footer. Obviously, he's a footballer. Uh, a left footer on the left <laughs> and a right footer on the right, which is a nice bit of balance. He's um, a footballer, is he? He's a footballer. <laughs> I don't, I don't um, it's. I think it. It seems a lot more balanced. There were one or two moments in the first half against Middlesbrough where they looked the home side looked like they were starting to find some rhythm and were starting to to get into some good areas, but. We mostly looked very, very comfortable for, for the duration. Um, and that gives you a really good platform in any game, especially away games, um, to see if you can nick it. And we were lucky enough, well, I say lucky enough, it was a, it was a good cross from Jordan Graham, who deserves a, a, a good, a big mention again. Another great performance from him. Um, it was, you know, that, that defence gives you a platform to go and nick a goal from a set piece and then really make it difficult and frustrating for the home side. Um it's, it's as well worth mentioning that, you know, this change to the back three, I think, has seen a turn up in results. Um, we had the obviously the difficult result uh, against West Brom, but we were well in that game and dealt with a lot of the the, the things that were thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went, went and got the, the nil-nil at Huddersfield, a nice clean sheet. We were we obviously beat Swansea 2-1 and now we've got this 2-0 win. You know, it's... It, We've only conceded two goals in four games um, and had two clean sheets. It just looks to me like the change to the back three, Dean being dropped, and we'd never want to dig a player out, especially a Blues player out on this podcast. We support all of the players and we support what's best for the club. But you have to say there's clearly this change defensively is having a real effect on the team. It does coincide with Dean being dropped. Mm. Um and I think I don't think it's necessarily Harley Dean being dropped. I think it's more George Friend coming in. Uh, personally, I think Dion Sanderson on the right is going to stay there all season for that back three because it gives us that bit of fluidity where we can very quickly change to a back four when Jordan Graham wants to get forward. Pedersen can sit in as a left back, and Sanderson is comfortable enough to be there at right back for parts of a game. I think that. There's a few players that have stapled themselves in the team now. You know, we've talked about Matthias Sarkic plenty. I think he's one of them, without a doubt. Dion Sanderson and George Friend both seem undroppable at the moment with the way the results are going. And Jordan Graham as well, for me, is just he out, out, out of nowhere. You know, we were calling for him to get an opportunity. And in pre-season, a lot of the time he looked really sharp and he looked really good. Suddenly he comes into the team and uh, looks really, really, really good because he didn't. Did Jordan Graham play? He didn't play against West Brom, did he? Or did he come on for Collan? Who came on? Bella came on for Collan. Oh, did he? I can't remember. Bella came on for Collan at half time. I don't know if Jordan Graham came on at all in that game, but but so if he didn't, that means that that it directly coincides with the because I imagine he would have played against. Huddersfield then at some point if not then but it coincides with more positive results and mm. um I mean against Swansea again Jordan Graham was unbelievable we thought um and I, I think I think we kind of we both agreed to name him man of the match didn't we yeah, I, I our own personal man on that. Yeah, I think that has to be the case. Um, um, also, we should mention Riley McGree, who I thought had a very good yeah, game. Yeah, as well. Playing, I think that's his first full 90 in a long time for the club. Um, he He's on loan till January from somewhere in the MLS. Is that right? Or well, that... he was sold by Adelaide to Charlotte FC, which is a new franchise, I think, uh, in the MLS, and was immediately loaned to us. Um, and he's supposed to be going there in January to actually begin the season in earnest. I saw an interesting rumour that was circulating yesterday, and this isn't was in the sun. So this is a huge, uh, huge mountain of salt has to be taken. Yeah, let's, let's take this with a question. And we were trying to find a way to make the deal permanent from, from Agree. If there's a way that we can, even though he's not even played a minute for this new franchise, Charlotte FC, we were going to see if we well, can get there, a deal over that. There should be a way. I, I, I'd want him. 
it makes sense for us to push for it and at least try because he and Riley McGreen seems really happy at Blues as well. Yeah, he does. He, he seems, does. He's, he's very settled. He's he's also happy to rotate, which is important. So you know when he plays, he plays well, but he's also happy to to miss out for the best of the team. Yeah, um, or at least what 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 Lee Bowyer sees as the best for the team. Mm. Um, and that's really important. And that and that brings me on to the point of togetherness. And back going back to Harley Dean, talking about him being dropped, I like to think as the named club captain, you'd like to think that this upturn of results, regardless of the fact that he's not on the pitch, he sees as a positive thing. Um, same thing goes for Lukas Djukovic as well. Mm. You know, suddenly we're winning and we're not talking about giving Djuki a chance. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that Troy Dini will be the main starter and Juki will come on as an impact sub. Juki will play against, you know, if if Troy Dini's, you know, played a few games in a row and we've got a midweek game, I wouldn't be surprised to see Juki play like play against someone like Hull City or something, you know, mm. uh, or like uh, who have we got away? We've got Bristol at home midweek. Yeah, we have. I wouldn't be surprised to see Juki start that. I'll be honest, with Dini playing two two games back to back, or at least if Dini starts. So then, if Dini doesn't start. So if Deeney doesn't start and Harley Dean doesn't start, who would be captain? Maybe George Friend? Yeah, that would make sense. That's who was given when Deeney went off. Yeah, that's true. He, that, he took the armband, didn't he? And I want to talk just quickly about that. So the leadership, the on-pitch leadership. I think Deeney really gives... There's clearly been a shift in, in that as well, the way that the team is, is led on the pitch. Deeney gives the players that he knows he is a Blues fan. He knows what it means. He has that, that passion and that drive and that energy. And I think he, he brings that to the side. But also George Friend um, is a, f- a fantastic leader. We saw it against, the, in, against Swansea. You know, Pedersen trapped back and made a great tackle late on. And, and George Friend went over to him and, and almost sort of celebrated with him as if to sort of say, like, G him up and say, you know, that's what it's all about. We're, we're getting stuck in and, and building the players up and really, like, leading them properly. Whereas... I don't know. I felt like Harley Dean at times he'd make a mistake and then would moan at others. It just feels to me like like there's been a shift um, culturally almost, you know, in terms of the way that the, the team is, is being led, obviously off the pitch, but also on the pitch as well. Having Dean up there um, and having George Friend, there's a couple of leaders in there that I think are a very a very positive influence on the players. Um, and just also to mention that you know I think having Hogan and McGree sort of buzzing about behind Deeney means Deeney doesn't have to do quite as much running. Those two can provide the energy, um, whereas Deeney can can sort of remain a little bit more static and, and pin centre-backs and, and just be a bit of a nuisance higher at the pitch. Um, I think that, that worked really well yesterday. Um, the energy levels from Hogan and, and McGree were were really important to, to the game plan. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really positive stuff. We don't want to get too carried away. It's just two wins. <laughs> two um, wins is two wins. That's... Um... But absolutely, it's, it's, it's huge, and and you know, Middlesbrough and Swansea at the time were both above us, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you are on the table. Beating teams that are above you is mega. Um, Bristol City also above us at the moment. Many teams are. <laughs> well, we've, just above, we've just gone above Bristol on goal. Have we just gone above? Uh, have we just gone above <laughs> Bristol? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what, how we play against a team that are below us. <laughs> <laughs> Of which there are not many. No, um, it's it, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think that will be a different kind of game. Um, Swansea, you, you expect them to have a lot of the ball, and we can sort of hit them on the break and, and try to make things happen in, in turnover. Uh, Middlesbrough, being the home side, we're always going to try to take uh, the initiative and, and take the game to us. This is going to be a bit different at home to Bristol City, a side that haven't had that consistency. There might be a little bit more impetus on Blues, um, which is it's going to be a slightly different sort sort of game, isn't it? Shall we? So, shall we quickly do stars and stinkers? Yep. One, one star, one stinker. Um, and then we'll do then we'll do a quick score prediction for the Bristol game, uh, before we quickly wrap up because I I keep I keep getting badgered from my work asking me to get in as early as possible, and make it earlier and earlier. And, uh, well, we'll we'll wrap up in the next five or ten then. So, okay, stars and stinkers. Do you want to do your star first? I'll do my star first, and okay. my star. Similarly to uh, to last week, maybe it's a safe bet, but I'm going Jordan Graham again. I think it, it you can't look past the upturning results, 
and uh, I'm a huge fan. And that big bald head of his is winning <laughs> me over. I love you, Jordan. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> See what we can do. Um, okay, well, uh, Jordan Graham was top of my list, but I'll go to my second uh, star then, which is Mark Roberts. I think he's uh, uh, was a colossus yesterday. He was wow. Things up. He he. I think the protection that he has with Friend and Sanderson is it works very well in in the middle of that back three. Uh, of course, he got the goal as well, which which you know cannot be uh, ignored. But he seems in a back three that he seems very settled now. Um, and I think having Sanderson next to him, of course, who's is actually very good on the ball um, and has a little bit of pace and that physicality that a centre-back would need, I think offers a nice bit of protection. Um, and obviously George Friend, who adds that leadership element next to him. So Mark Roberts can sort of quietly go about his business, mop things up. Uh, and of course, the long throw remains a weapon um, that ca- it causes chaos. It causes chaos. And it's it's another string to our bow and he provides that. Um, so yeah, Mark Roberts for me uh, has to be the star. I have no idea who I'm going to pick for a stinker, by the way. Yeah, the whole team play well. yeah me, I don't think anyone that played... Can, can Neil, Warnock. Be... Neil Warnock is the stinger. No, Neil Warnock is always the star. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's always the star of my show. Um, <laughs> that sounds really weird. Um, anyway, so let's just have a quick let's have a quick look here. Is there anyone that like maybe made a poor challenge? Uh, Gary Gardner got a yellow card. Yeah, maybe Gardner because he got a yellow card. Mm. Um, and also, we haven't really talked about him being too good in the game. I feel like he was just a bit, uh, and he's out of the Aston Villa Academy, so he's my he's my. <laughs> is, that, is that how you're going to justify picking Gary Gardner? <laughs> that's, that's all I can do. He got a yellow card. He's 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 out of the Villa Academy, and uh, we didn't talk about him doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good that Bella and Duke obviously came on as well. It shows we've got slightly different options off the bench. If I had to pick a stinker, maybe I'd just pick one of them because. They just had to come on and do a job. It's very difficult to pick a stinker when the, when we've got a it result, is. a good result. Um, Maybe someone who didn't come on. My yeah. stinker is Neil Etheridge for not playing. <laughs> Chuck Zanecki. No, come on, Chuck. No, he's always he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, he is. I don't know. I'm going to get a blue shirt with Chuck Zanecki on the back. Really? Come yeah. On. There won't be many get, people that have gone for a necky on the back. Next, of next time we go, we'll go to the same bit again that we went to last last time. I'll get him to sign it for me. Oh, nice. Because he would. He'd see someone with a Chuck Zanecki shirt. He wouldn't know what to do with himself, surely. He'd probably be wondering what, what you're thinking. He'd be thinking, is this guy on drugs? Yeah, probably. And just because I am, that's not why I got it. I'm not on drugs. I'm a very normal, very good boy. Not say so you're normal, but yeah. I'm not normal. I'm definitely normal. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's move on to score prediction, shall we? Yeah. Um, so... I went first for Sars and Sinkers, so you can go first for this. I think uh, with Bristol being so inconsistent, um, I think we'll beat Bristol. I think um, we're on a bit of an upward trajectory now. Um, we found a system that works well. Chung, um, I know that he missed out yesterday, that, that he felt a slight pull in his um, is it his groin or something? When he didn't even mention that Chong wasn't playing. Yeah, so I think I don't know if he'll be back or not. I think it's probably going to be too early, um, which is a shame. But if we stick to the system that we've got now, that the players look comfortable with, with Deeney leading the line, it, it, you are right. It's whether Deeney can 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 play that many games. We know he's only just got up to full match fitness. But I think I think we've got enough to beat Bristol. I think we'll edge them out. Uh, I'm just going to go for a one nil. I think we'll make it tough, a tough physical game, and we'll we'll edge them one nil. I think it really does depend on what. Bristol turns up. We know the Blues that will turn up. You know, we well, we're pretty sure that uh, that they'll turn up in a similar fashion to the Swansea and to the Middlesbrough game. It, I think we'll win as well, but I think it will be. I think it will be a more comfortable win than your than you do. I'm going to go three one. Wow, three one Birmingham. Wowzer. That's my go-to score prediction, really. If I'm not if I'm not hundred percent sure, I just say it'll be three-one. I mean, that would be brilliant for us to score three goals. Um, would be would be fantastic. And yeah. the and the and the, the club are doing kids for a quid as well. Still to 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 fill up the stadium, which I really love. That is good. Um, good. But yeah. Anyway, I think with that. Are we, have you got anything else to add, Alex? No, no, no. It's it's been uh, a very positive week for Blues, and and yes. hopefully we can really build on this now and and get ourselves back on track. I'm not saying that we should go for playoffs, but it'd be nice if we could at least 
settle into mid-table and, and yeah, I'd take a, a, a glimmer of hope for a playoff push at some every point. now and again. Yeah, every now and again, just a little, <laughs> a little, a little glimmer of hope, maybe. Remember yeah. to get out our social medias, guys, at Royal Blue Pod, Instagram, Twitter, email us at Royal Blue Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, um, with that, just like the boys, let's uh, let's keep right on. Keep right on. <laughs>